started. Welcome, I am Aisha Elliott. This is Black Girl from Eugene. Today is Sunday, 12-12-21, which is an auspicious number anyway, so I love it. I missed you guys last week. As you can tell, my voice is jacked up and there's a lot of stuff going on that I just needed to get my grip on before I could even talk on it. There's so much stuff happening in the world today and forever and ever and ever. So let's get it started. Again, I do uh, simulcast on KEPW 97.3, local radio station, and thank you, Sundance, for your underwriting, peace, love, and everyone who's on my Patreon supporting me. This is why I do my podcast uh, every two weeks, because the Patreon folks keep it going. So if you're not one, you might want to think about that. Anyway, this conversation that I'm going to have is about the board. The board the board, the board of your business, the boards that run your schools, the boards that run um, your nonprofits, the boards that run your healthcare system. There's always a group of people who are running, making the decisions that are supposed to be keeping the structure of the, of the event or of the business together. The finances go through them, the hiring goes through them, the legal uh, decisions go through them, the way that the, that the business shows up to the public goes through them. So the board is extremely, extremely important. The thing about the board is that the board is generally volunteers and they're generally supposed to be, doesn't always have to be, but supposed to be professionals within the field in which they are governing, right? So it doesn't actually mean that they are, but it's best to have people who know about the business that you're trying to run to run your board. So locally here, we've had a couple of boards that I am aware of um, in the last week or so. Um, oh God, there's so much to talk about. I was just thinking about like the fact that we've had racist, um, like actual violent racial attacks against kids of children of color um, uh, in our school districts in the last week too. There's just so much, there's so much. So I'm going to talk about the boards, and I, I definitely will come on again and talk about the racist attacks that are going on in our schools here as well, um, and the reaction and the, the, like, actually kind of not transparent and or violent, like, openly public addressing of that by the board of the school district. So we'll go more into that, um, but we can always de- uh, glean from what I'm saying to just add on to that idea of how that's being handled too. Um, okay. So, Hey Josie shared with the food for Lane County fa- uh, Facebook folks today. Sounds good. Okay. So the tenets of white supremacist culture, huh, I started there. I went there with it. We're going to go into white supremacy culture. You know why? Because we can't help it. That's where we are. And now I want you to listen to my words very carefully. I did not say white supremacists. I said white supremacy culture. Now, white supremacy culture, if you are familiar at all, you realize that white supremacy culture is actually not just for white people. (laughs) Black and brown people can adhere to white supremacy culture just as tightly as white people can, except for black and brown people don't benefit from it. We believe, and through trauma and history and, and um, lived experience, understand that the closer we are to what white supremacy culture wants from us, the, more, the most likely we can benefit from what they have, right? We can get closer to the jobs, we can get promoted higher, we can be considered less threatening, All of those things are very possible when you are adhering to white supremacy 
culture. And people are like, what the, he- what the heck is white supremacy culture? Well, it's what in this society we consider normal. It is our norm. It's our norms, our values. <clears throat> when it comes to the background society expectations, it is what has been woven into what we believe to be true about about how to be professional, how to sound um, more professional, how to sound more intelligent, how to be considered, you know, a leader, how to um, to communicate all of the things that we have decided that are proper or the way that you get things done are based on this particular type of culture and set. Now, did we decide this? I mean, we didn't decide this, but it goes long and far back to how white supremacy culture has become what we consider right, right? When they, you know that saying, white is right, right? It goes back down to a colloquialism of this very thing. So, The tenets of white supremacist culture are simple, right? It's the way that you adhere white supremacy culture. It's what you have to do in order to hold it together. Now, the thing about white supremacy culture is that, again, it does not benefit black and brown people in the same way that it benefits privileged people, right? Privileged people are actually actually benefit from white supremacy culture because it's it's set up to to cater to the way to their to their benefit. So let's go back. Now, if black people and brown people and people of color all over the world adhere to white supremacy culture, what does that mean? We talk about assimilation, right? We talk about the, the less of an accent you have, the, the more likely it is for you to get that leadership position. It's like if you don't have dreadlocks or afros, it's most likely that you could probably get a, get a job um, and that you don't have to defend yourself while at that job about the way that your body works or that your hair grows or that your skin shines. You don't have to do those things, right? Because the norm is a white standard. So if the, if the white standard, the further away from that white standard you are, the less likely you are to be considered a part of the professional team or even considered a part, a relevant part of the business at all, right? So that's another thing I want to talk about, a relevant piece of the business. Now, diversity is tricky because everybody wants to talk about diversity, but we all know diversity does not mean a whole lot. Actually, it's just a, it's just filling your space with a lot of people who are different. So that means it could be one person, one type of person, meaning like, let's go with race. So we're talking about white folks and they all had different hair color. Boom, you got diversity. So you got to understand, we talk about cultural diversity. You got a lot of people from different cultures. They could all be white. Still got that diversity. You see, you got to understand Diversity is not a catch-all phrase, right? You could talk about uh, people who are not able-bodied. You could, you could literally think about how many mental health issues that you could put together in one room. If they're all different, you've got diversity. So let's not talk about that in terms of a, of a way to, to decide whether or not your business is moving forward in the progress of anti-racism work, because that doesn't matter. So let's move it forward. Right. Well, I'm not going to say it doesn't matter. It's just a very small piece of the pie to get to understand where you're going. All right. So now we've got the fact that diversity is very simple to get around when it comes to race, equity, ethnicity and all of those things that you um, that you want to put together as if that's what that that's what does the job. Right. So we talk about this all the time. Tokenism. We talk about having black or brown or people of color or, or people of, with mental health um, uh, ver- gender variety, mental, mental health capacity, able-bodied bo- able people who are not able-bodied, who have a variety of reasons why they are not. And we bring them into the room 
right? And then we say, hey, help us. Tell us what you know. Tell us what you don't know. And we're going we're gonna to go ahead and tell us what you think we should be doing. We're going to go ahead and make that happen. But we're going to first, before we do that, we're going to judge and weigh what it is we believe based on our, based on our, um, on our tenants actually still adhere to the culture in which we believe to be normal and good this white supremacist culture. So when you talk to me as a black person, as the person we hired, because we thought you were closely aligned to what we really want you to be. So we came in and we thought you're just different enough to make it, to make this interesting. So now that you're here, tell us what you think. So then something brown comes out their mouth, something black comes out their mouth and they go, ooh, hey, wait a minute, Leroy. We're not sure if we can hear all of that. That seems very aggressive. That seems very out out of left field. That seems very like, you know, maybe we should think on it a little bit longer. Oh no, Leroy, what has happened? They hired you. They hired you and they want you to be right in front of the Christmas picture. They really want you to be there. But every time you have a suggestion, they're not hearing what you got to say. You know why? Because you're not aligned to white supremacy culture quite enough. But you definitely hit the diversity button. You definitely hit the fact that we allow the people of color to come into our midst and have anything to say. Ah, have you been tokenized? Are you good? I don't know. I don't know. I'm being facetious. I absolutely know. Okay, so moving forward, let's talk about when you have someone working for you and your board does not understand that you are totally and completely adhered. You are holding on. The board is holding on to the white supremacy culture. Well, the board is going, what the hell? How am I a white supremacist? I don't understand. I didn't say you were a white supremacist. What I said was you are holding on to white supremacy culture, which means that you adhere to the tenets of that culture, which means that you believe very, very wholeheartedly in that right to individualism. You believe very wholeheartedly that you cannot... And, and I'm sorry, that quali- quantity is, is better than quality. You believe wholeheartedly that progress means bigger and more, right? You believe that there is a right to comfort when it comes to the tenets of white supremacy culture. You also believe that perfectionism is extremely important. You believe that objectivity is most important. You believe that pa- holding on to power, meaning that The person in the decision-making space is the only one who should have the right to say so. You believe in paternalism. The decision-making should be clear to those who are in power and not clear to those who do not have power. You need to keep it a clue, like you need to keep it shadowed out. You believe the individualism and leadership in that realm is more clear, is, is more safe, if not is diluted right? You believe in, um, I'm trying to think of all of them. Uh, I said, oh, either, either or thinking. Either or thinking is, is so fantastic to me. Perfectionism is so fantastic to me, meaning that it's fantastic when I see it in play, when people are denying the idea that they are practicing white supremacy culture. So this is the thing. White supremacy culture is hard because it's in everything that we do. I said it. I'm going to say it again. Black and brown people adhere to this as well. Matter of fact, any of us, myself included, who have had a position of leadership in any position, any business, we have adhered. We definitely were adhering to to the tenets of white supremacy culture in order to keep our jobs, in order to be, and I'm air quoting, professional, 
almost every definition of professional in this society is an absolute tenet to white supremacy culture. So when we go backwards from white supremacy culture and we go, well, I mean, if that's what the norm is and someone of color, because we're talking about inclusivity, right, comes in, someone of a different culture comes in and they are not adhering to the white supremacy culture. Well, what happens? What I'm trying to charge you with is not about how you adhere to white supremacy culture. It's as it, what the problem is, is how closely you insist others do in order to have the job or to get the job done. The problem is, is that when we look at these boards, these boards are not able to understand that people who are coming in to do the work and doing the work well do not have to adhere to white supremacy culture in order to get it done. But the fear that comes from power hoarding in the position of the board cannot see, nor are they willing to look at the fact that if you're going to bring black and brown people who are authentically bringing in diversity, they are going to look very different than what you have ever heard before. And the fact that you cannot hold, you cannot hold space for the differences between their way of communicating and their way of getting the job done and the way that you believe that it should be done based on holding to the ideas of superiority in the white culture, that is the problem. That is why you are harming black people that is why you do not understand what it means to have to hold institutional power and you're not understanding that institutional power has traditionally done to black and brown people. As long as you adhere to the cultures of white supremacy, you will, under, you will continuously and, and profoundly harm the black and brown people who are doing the work in the name of equity. Profoundly. And the, the truth of it is, it doesn't matter if you think so. If you are in the role of a board member, if you are in the role of a power in, in a power dynamic and you cannot understand the differences that your employees or your, your leadership bring into you and they're still getting the job done, you don't understand the, the, the choices of language, the choices of food, the, the, the way that they connect to the partners, how they have these conversations, you are, you are confused about whether it's a professional idea or not. It's not, it's not their problem. Do you understand? The job is still getting done. The bigger agreement is still intact. The agreement is to bring in funding. The agreement is to create relationships. Now, the thing idea is this is hilarious. You want your employees to create relationships with the community and then tell them how to do it when you can't. There's a reason why black people don't run for your board, right? Even in something as, as black and, and multicultural as the NAACP, not being able to understand that having an all-white board is beside the damn point. It doesn't, white, look, being multicultural, being diverse, being equity-minded has nothing to do with being black and brown. White people have to pick this up, right? You can have an all-white board who is absolutely down with understanding how to, to deconstruct white supremacy culture. You can have, I, I'm, this is one thing I'm just tired of hearing. Oh, but it was all white folk. Yeah, because we live in the Pacific Northwest. We are going to have, you're talking about who voted, who, if you want black people, why don't you guys come vote? Why don't you stop acting so damn white that the fact that, to, to the point where black folks can't even come and talk. They can't show up. They can't be themselves because the space that you have created is not inclusive. So you're not going to get black and brown people to join your board when your board is innately racist. That's how that works, right? When the board is a white board who understands how anti-racism works and has invested to that work, you will get black and brown people to line up with you.
you will get people to believe that they can be heard by you. Otherwise, otherwise, you got to understand it ain't about black people and brown people not wanting to work with you. It's the fact that the matter of fact that when they come and work with you, the level of what they have to lose in order to be at the table is too valuable. You cannot expect black and brown people to to run a company that's supposed to be black based based on white supremacy culture. It then will not bring in the relationships that we know that need to be need to be healed, right? At some point, white folks who are running these boards have got to understand that as you adhere to white supremacy culture, the less likely that you're going to get authentic voices to your table. Matter of fact, as time goes on, the, the, more, the more black and brown people are feeling authentic and deciding that they are not going to work under that, that uh, construct, right? And the black folks who are working under that construct Look, more power to you, and I know it's hard, but the idea is that the white folks around are believing that everything is totally fine. Now, I am not charging anyone to blow up nothing and go running out the door. We, we got to get paid, too. But I am talking about the powers that be. For anyone to be in a leadership position and not be and, and, talk, about, and talk about an equity statement, and talk about a, um, a diversity movement or talk about hiring, uh, you know, diversity people to come into your thing as if this shit, this, this shit is something that's outward and that doesn't have to do with you personally. You can't be racist outside of work and come in and be anti-racist. That's not how that works. And if, uh, what I'm trying to say is when you adhere to white supremacy culture and you don't understand that it's asking black and brown people to give up something in order to be heard and you believe that product that you get out of that group of people or that one person is diverse, you are missing the whole entire point. The whole entire point is that if you're going to actually bring in inclusivity, you've got to understand everything that you have done in the past will not be the same, right? Because what we've done in the past has been designed to, to mediate having having really, truly inclusive uh, involvement. Because if that was the case, we would not be power hoarding the way that we have to in order to keep the board to being the almighty of all things decisions being made. We couldn't do it if we were actually not individual and we thought about a community-based idea or the village actually does create the answers. We couldn't do that. Oh my God, but you, could you imagine how long it would take? It would definitely talk about your, your need for urgency. We would have to dismantle that, right? Because when you're working with a village or you're working with other people of color or you're trying to bridge communication, it takes time, especially when you're not the same people, right? You are talking about things you have never done before. That takes time. So that eats at your need for urgency, Oh my God, how will a decision ever be made if we always got to talk to people, right? How long does it take? How long does it take? How many times have I been asked this? How long does it take to create this relationship that you're talking about, <laughs> right? How long does it take? How long does it take? As long as it, as it matters. But as long as you are holding to the, the, the tenets of white supremacist culture, you ain't got time, right? You ain't got time to be creating these relationships with black and brown people. This is the problem. You cannot bring in two or three black and brown people and go, look, Ayla, Ayla, we don't have time. We're going to ask you all to go ahead and make that bridge. 
And then you got these black and brown people trying to talk to their people like, yeah, you know, y'all, look, it's real, real stiff over here at the job, but we need more of y'all to come in. And if we have each other, we can at least, you know, do that together and we won't have to be the only person in there. Right. So the bridges being built are still being built on survival and not progress. That ain't a bridge being built, y'all, because we know those of us who go out to the community and try to reach out and go, hey, join our join our people, join our places. We know that our people are not doing the work. It's the same idea. It's literally the same idea as us grabbing a bunch of black and brown people and putting them in harm's way because we're used to it. And to say, you know what? If most of us are here, the harder the vote will be for us to be voted out of what we really want done. Right. Well, maybe we can kill them with the numbers. Maybe we can kill them with the numbers. No, this is not how diversity, equity, and inclusion has to work. It has to have the white folks change the way that they relate to racism. That's how that works. And how they relate to racism is a very personal project. Okay? It's very personal. You have to realize what you don't see and what you are refusing to look at. It's not a personal attack. It really is not. A, it's really not about you alone, but it is about your relationship to racism and how you absolutely see how black and brown people can show up and the fact that you are being the gatekeeper of how. If a black person shows up and they got a little bit of thug because they're from the East Coast, all of a sudden they're not as smart and you ain't hearing this genius on the other side of your table, right? Because you're thinking, well, how will the funders take it? How will the funders see us? What will actually be said and done if we let that person lead when they've got dreads to their, you know, knees, right? Oh, man. You know, whenever they talk, they're always talking with their hands and they're doing this. I don't know what the funders are going to think about that. That's not very, air quote, professional. But we should definitely have Leroy with us, though. We should have Leroy with us. But go ahead and let Amanda do it. Let, let's, let Amy do the work and let Amy say what Leroy did. And that way, the optics look better. Racism, white supremacy culture, right? And you think you're doing well because you patted Leroy in the back and maybe he got a little raise for the work he did, but he is not the face of the work. The work that he did has been re-articulated and to be heard by the white supremacy culture-based organizers who are fundraising, where you get the money from. The, your, if, your, if your investment to anti-racism only goes so far, that's why you don't have black people running for your board, NAACP, to, to, to consider the fact that the NAACP is ran by a bunch of white folks who want to say that they don't understand, they don't like, they don't feel comfortable with the way that, they're, that anybody, any employee in their midst is behaving because they are squarely and authentically black-based is a, dis a complete disgrace especially in that position, especially for that one particular organization. But that's just the one I mentioned because there's plenty to talk about. There's plenty of organizations right here within our midst who are creating spaces that are in the, in the space of, of power dynamics that they want to refuse because they want to say, we're not, we, we don't operate in the ideas of, of power dynamics. We're not a corporation. We don't operate that way. We're the fair. We are a festival of kindness. We are NAACP. We are equity. We are the fuck you are. This is the chance for you to, to prove it and you're failing. 
You're feeling. You know why you're feeling? Because you don't understand your relationship to racism. You don't understand your relationship to the tenets of white supremacy culture. Again, anybody can be, can adhere to white supremacy culture. It doesn't matter what you look like. Okay? So the idea for me is that when we sit here and we listen to the people who have been elected and they do not, do not have a deep understanding of what is going on. They do not have a deep understanding of what it means to the community. We talk about white saviorism all day. All right, Dave, look, look, Juneteenth. We don't even want to talk about it. We don't even want to talk about it because even having it pass as a national, as a national uh, holiday without understanding the depth, without even acknowledging the pain, without even acknowledging the truth of what Juneteenth really was, because they don't understand it. It doesn't matter. It's for the optics, right? It's for the, it's for the symbol in it. It's, it's, a, it's a good symbol. I had a fantastic question the other day. How do you feel about seeing all of the Black Lives Matter signs all over the, all over the, the streets? It's a symbol. It's nice. It's nice to have that symbol up. But, let me, but like I've said on another podcast, if I'm running for the police, can I knock on your door? If I'm running from the police, if, I, if I've been, if I've been you know, beat up by the police, can I knock on your door? Investment to white supremacy culture is the issue here. And the fact that you don't understand what your investment could possibly be, check on how you feel when you see a hooded person walk in the store, right? Check on how you feel if the person who's interviewing has a little bit of an uh, accent or a thud or a thud that you have associated with, you know, gangster or hood, right? Can you hear what they're saying? Okay, but what about if you have somebody who is in a leadership position, who is black, who does things different than, differently than you can recognize as powerful, but yet the job is getting done and the job is getting done well, but you just don't like the way they say shit. You don't like the way they come in all like talking to everybody, all unorganized, all not, not using the things that, that you consider to be the, the tools that you would need them to use to be organized instead of working with the strengths that they have, considering that they get the job done better and faster and more thoroughly and more inclusively than anyone you've ever seen. But damn it, you just don't like the way they talk. You just don't like the way they show up all loud and bopping their music and coming through the door. But they, they coming through, they're, they're, not, they're not writing names down. They just know everybody's name by heart. They walk in, they know everybody's story. Somehow the, the funders want to talk to that person. But damn it, that person don't have nothing written down. I don't know what he's doing. But is he doing the work that you want him to do? Is he creating the space that should be the space that welcomes other people of color? But wait, you wouldn't recognize it because you don't recognize what, the, the, what, you're try, what is out. You don't recognize anti-racist culture. You don't recognize it. What you, what you, all you want is a bunch of black and brown people to come in and do what you want them to do, how you want them to do it, and make sure that it's done so that you can understand it and so that you can still maintain the credit for it while allowing black and brown people to do the work. That ain't going to happen anymore. That's not going to work. And that's why you're getting the pushback that you're getting. But black and brown people and allies that understand this work best believe this is the time to take the gloves off. We are, it's very, very serious right now. If we don't stop catering to their right to comfort, this is the boards, this is the powers that be, their right to comfort. If we don't challenge their paternalism, if we don't challenge that and push back hard, 
it's going to go back to what it was. And back to what it was, was the oppression, the overt, overt oppression of black and brown people. Believe that. You can ask any one of anybody who's involved. Now, best and believe, let's go back even further. Let's, let's go back even further for you to believe that every black and brown person can sit here and talk to you the way that I talk to you and they would talk to you the way that I talk to you is also inherently racist. We're not all the same. And, not, and a lot of us are not qualified to talk on the level of this power dynamic that's actually happening. A lot of us cannot explain what a, micro, a microaggression is. We just know it. You academically understanding racism does not mean someone who's lived it can academically explain it to you. You see what I'm saying? Like, that's not fair. I know white people better than white people know themselves. Now, if I academically study you and, and look at you and tell you what, you what you're doing and what you're not doing, half of you couldn't tell me if that's true or not. You just know how it feels. It's the same way for black people. Right? It's the same way for brown people. You cannot put a black and brown person in the front and go, yeah, listen to what he has to say because he's our, black, our, our representative of all things black. That's unfair. It's gross. And it puts that person in a, in a situation where they sound ignorant because they're, not, they're, they're on the wrong side of everything that they're trying to say. They don't understand the definitions. They don't understand how it works. They just understand that, they're, they, that it's coming from somewhere and they feel it. And the fact that you could put, with, with the white supremacy culture, put that person in front and let them un- think, and let them think that in that position that they are, that they are uh, somehow leading is gross. And then to have a bunch of white, white women, white people running up after them, running up after them, I'm saving you from those racist people over there. Do you understand how stupid this looks? Like, you don't understand, literally, you cannot define what is happening. <laughs> I, you, you can't define white supremacy culture because you're holding on to it so tight, it is exactly who you believe you are. That's for the black and brown people alike. Baby, that's not who you are. That's what you're doing. You see, it's different. And if it is who you are, okay, cool. Understand that you in that space cannot possibly represent the freedom or the fight for freedom for people of color if you are adhering to the white supremacy culture as tightly as you do. It's impossible to do so. It's an oxymoron. It doesn't go together. It's like peanut butter and, I don't know, something nasty. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. So I'm going to go to a couple comments because I'm loving the, I'm even seeing the comments over here. Um, we got, let's see, what is this? Um, hold on, hold on. Oh gosh, it's going back too far, y'all. Oh no. Okay, but with privilege and whiteness, why would they have to need to understand the history? It is summed up as let's be kind to another ethnicities, disregarding the work needed to understand those roots you speak of. Disregarding the work. Now let's go back. They, the reason why understanding the history is because it's contextual, right? The, the idea of the context of where this is even set up. Because people are like, well, it's never been like that before. It's never, it's, it doesn't matter how we have reimagined it. It doesn't matter how we have rewritten it. The context is there. The basis of who and how black and brown people were commodities and have been has never been addressed directly and or corrected. Therefore, if we are rewriting the history, if we are rewriting the amendments and the ideas of how we work with black and brown people, and we are not addressing the, the historical context in which we are coming from, we, we're still writing in different languages about the same damn thing. That's what I'm saying. So um, I hope I'm saying right. Jacobo, 
I hope I'm saying your name correctly, but that's what I'm, ta- that's what I'm talking about. That when you have the history and you have the context and you are looking at what's being written, written currently, if you don't understand the historical context in it, you won't understand the decoding that you have to do to get the truth out of what is being written. Right? That you can be able to see commodity, 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 you will do what we say, you will do it at our, on our terms in whatever language is spoken if you understand the context of the history. That's what, that's what I mean by that. And so, um, and then we've got Dave attracting people of color so they qualify for funding and so on, dead on. Uh, these are several boards that simply don't care beyond a few catchphrases. That's true. Um, Entire DEI and allyship is based on catchphrases. BIPOC is an example of lumping numerous marginalized groups together uh, with properly addressing the transgressions. Oh, look, Yakobo, like I said, I hope I'm saying your name correctly. All about that. All about that. I have talked about BIPOC being a racist term in several of my podcasts and several of my sessions that I give, several of my consulting uh, firm, uh, consulting um, uh, arrangements and contracts that I have. It's, it's not complicated. It's super easy to understand. Um, you cannot, you cannot for, the, for the sake of comfort and for the efficiency and quantity of moving forward and the sake of urgency, which are all tenets of white supremacy culture, to, to lump BIPOC together. I am with you on that. And it requires a mind that can understand the context in which we were speaking of before to read something like that and see that it doesn't make sense. All right, so let's go here. Attracting people of color. We said that already. I'm sorry if I said it twice. There are several boards that simply don't care. We got that. A series of topics. Um, uh, where'd you go? A series of topics. What did I miss you? Uh, topic conversations. What is your example of not having lists of formal records because you know them by heart is not in accordance with company, uh, with company laws? No. That, okay, let's go back. Of course, not knowing them by heart. I mean, that's ridiculous, right? You can't know everything by heart. That's not the point. The point is, is that do you have something in place to work with people of color who are working in different constructs as you do? Can you hire people and work with people who do things differently, but get the job done? Can you work with them? If you're saying that the only way that I will work with someone is if they adhere to these rules and policy, that, that's not actually going to be inclusive, right? It's not going to be inclusive. Now, I'm not saying it's just a wild free-for-all for everybody. There is, a, there is a, um, an agreed-upon, there's an agreed-upon, there's an agreement placed. There is an assignment to be done. How that assignment is done, whether it's, whether, when, while it is legal, right? Everything is legal. No one is being harmed to police and to say how things get done within those constructs. And it's based on, uh, it's based on relationship building, based on cultural uh, facets, based on cultural understanding, and you police that under the, the, under the tenets of white supremacy culture, you're not being inclusive. That is what I'm saying. So if you have somebody who is writing something, who doesn't write anything down and you need it written down, perhaps you've got to figure that out with that person. Perhaps they need someone to take notes for them. Perhaps that's how... It, my point is, is that it doesn't mean that because they don't adhere exactly that they are not worthy and valuable in their position. That is what I'm saying. So um, here we go. We have um, Ardia. Uh, I appreciate your analysis so much. I'm sitting in awe of your insights as always. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Peanut butter and ketchup. Exactly. That's how it mixes together. Peanut butter and ketchup. Some real nasty stuff. I mean, just nasty. 
Uh, okay, and so the right here is exactly why I stopped being a part of the diversity committees and boards, U of O, OCF, and so on. Oh my goodness, Dave, you hit it on the mark. Those are some of the people here in this community that are failing miserably at understanding how inclusivity works. They cannot slow down enough to see that where they have maybe made mistakes. Matter of fact, the idea that right you know, the, you know uh, the, the position of power creates some sort of high knowledge of all things, whatever the fuck, is so, adhere, at so, um, uh, is so blatant. As a matter of fact, the people who are not on these positions are going, but if they hold those high positions, they must have been vetted to the highest standard. Let me let you in on a secret. That is not true. So that what I'm trying to say, that is not true. That is not true. And a lot of people who are qualified for these positions um, are being pushed out, uh, being pushed out because what they want, what they want to show is that when they want to teach someone and when they want to bull them around, they want to be like, hey, look, this this is actually something that we did in 1982. Maybe we should fast forward to 19, I'm sorry, to uh, 2022 and make this more, you know, progressive and make this more inclusive. Maybe we need to reconstruct the bylaws, which is not impossible to do. It happens all the time. So the truth of the matter is, is that when you bring someone in and you and and people and perhaps you know, you bring more than one person in and they have an idea that challenges the norms, remembering that the norms have not had anything but oppressive language and, and uh, dynamics in them ever since. We have to understand that our reaction to that is where our racism lies. How tightly you hold on, how tightly you hold on to white supremacy culture how it makes you feel in your body, it doesn't mean you're a bad person. It doesn't mean you're a bad person. It means that you've been successfully socialized into post-colonial world. That's what that means. But it is your idea to understand that you have a feeling about that. And your reactions to that feeling is where the issue is. Do you immediately slap down the person who's making you feel uncomfortable because you have a right to comfort? Or are you able to say, this is something I'm, I need to consider. I'm having a feeling about this. There's some things I may not understand. And because you are a part of our committee or you are a part of our, 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 our organization, I have to, I'm going to respect what you have to say, right? At some point, we, we came in here together and decided we were going to work together on this project. And now, for some reason, we're divided on an idea. And maybe not my position of power tells me that I can not the idea of superiority and supremacy, but because I actually know that I don't understand my relationship to racism. I don't understand how you might be uh, uh, talking to me. And I do have a feeling when you sound so much like something I recognize as negative. And yet I think that you're a good person. So I think that you could do better. And I'm air quoting doing better. Okay. Because doing better under the definition of white supremacy culture just means that you could be more like us. Let's be careful. Let's be careful. Because it requires a much deeper, deeper understanding of the contextual relationships between the, the, the communities that you want to bring in and the people who are representing them and the board and what they actually represent. Sitting on diversity boards, people with radical thoughts do not want to be a part of these circus shows. Most local Eugene black talent actually choose inner peace over hitting the head over racist walls. I hear that. Jacobo, high five on that. 110%. 110, right? And, um, and that's the truth. 
You want, you know, like, like NAACP want to have the nerve, have the nerve to be like, well, black people can come and really, you really think we want to do that with y'all? Really? Because you know it's a volunteer space, and so you're just asking us to voluntarily take this bullshit. Uh, you know, I mean, I need the organizations to do better, okay? The organizations have to recognize that their boards are back, no matter who they are, talking about some 1975 shit when we're trying to do two, two, uh, 2022, okay? They don't, if, you, if your board cannot, cannot talk about racism freely, cannot talk about black and brown and white and, and, and everyone else's issues without being worried about saying the word black, right? But being worried about saying anything, you got a problem, right? They cannot lead a diverse group, of a racially diverse group. They cannot lead an, an, inclusively, an, an inclusive uh, organization. They cannot lead them. And you have to understand Everyone's super, super scared about, you know, canceling the races that you know sits on your board because they're like, oh, man, they're the connection to the funders. Ah, the money, money over people, money over people. Right. Which direction do you want to go? Trust me, there's funders out there that are looking for people who are doing this work. You know, there's funders out there that you talk to them and you say, we just fired our board because they, they just showed a complete lack of, of understanding and or interest in diversity work or inclusivity. We fired our ED because they were racist, had no interest in working with, uh, with, a, um, uh, with a diversity and equity inclusion team ever. Matter of fact, they, they took it out the budget. You don't, think other, you don't think there's funders out there that are trying to do this work? There's money in equity. Okay, so don't give us that idea of like, oh, but our funders won't understand. Look, inclusivity, if you, if you just want to talk about money and dollars, there's money in being inclusive. Okay, and if you bring in people of color, there's an infinite amount of, of progress that you can have because you've just never done it before. Best believe you've never done it before. So whatever you do is going to look very different than anything that you have ever seen before. And I'm sorry, you're going to have to put down the individualism. You're going to have to really put down the sense of urgency. You're going to have to put it down. Perfectionism has to go out the, out the door and your right to comfort? Nah. No, sis. This is about to get very uncomfortable for you. Does that mean you're wrong? Does that mean they're wrong for making you uncomfortable? No, it does not. No, it does not. It tells you how tightly you are adhering to white supremacy culture. That's what it tells you. That's what it tells you. Because when someone says, why don't you let it go? And you go, oh my God, what the hell? Right? That reaction right there is the issue. Okay? Someone who gets it will be like, oh, well, damn. Yeah, I don't know what I was thinking. Go ahead. Take your time. I know it takes time. It's fine. No, we got it. I'm writing it into the budget. We got this for another six months. We, and if it doesn't work for six months, you need more time to make that relationship work. Don't worry about it. We're going to make it happen. I got your back. I understand there's real harm in the indigenous community with the country fair. So I understand that we need to actually start there and, and actually ha- fix some harms that have happened. Will that take time? Take a whole lot of time, boss. Well, we got time to do it. You see what I'm saying? It's like that adhere, that ad, that you trying to like hold on to what you think it should look like and what the direction it really is going. The direction that you're going just says that you want less and less black and brown people voices talking about it. That's the direction. 
we're going to go in a different direction. Now, those of you who know what's happening socially and or, or in our community, you know I'm going back and forth between two and three boards that I'm talking about the way that they're acting with each other. But the truth of it is, see how easily it is to put them all together as one? Because they're all adhering to one culture. And that is white supremacy culture. And trust me, they don't want to hear that. As soon as you say white supremacy, like, ah! They don't even listen to the last word that says culture. I have to hurry up and say black and brown people can do it too. I got to hurry up and say I'm guilty of it ever so often. I got to hurry up and make them feel better. This is some crap, y'all. I'm just saying. You've got to be able to hear it. You have to be able to hear the words. Right? I mean, the words. You know, just... just Okay, I, I'm going to stop because I'm about, I'm about to start calling out names and that's not, that's just unprofessional of me and I will not do it. <laughs> and so I want to thank everybody, everybody for being here with me. I've, I've ranted and raved for 45 minutes. Y'all know how I can be. I can talk, I can talk, I can talk. So I just want you to understand that if you're on a board or if your board is having issues or if you really feel like some things in your, your, your community, like you know your supervisor is trying to do the work, but they keep getting cut off by their supervisor, by their boss, right? The higher up you go, the, le- the more complicated it feels. Hey, you might be under, you might, you might, you just might be dealing with a racist board, a, a structure of racism in your board, right? That might just, might be what the problem is. So I want to implore you to reach out, to hear someone who can teach you how to recognize when you are working against your best benefits, okay? Listen to it, right? And it's not just the one black dude on your board. It's not just the one black woman that, that will talk to you, okay? It's not, that's not who it is. I just need people to understand that there is a racist component to why you won't hear and why you won't listen and why there is friction between your committees and your boards and between your staff and your, your EDs and between your EDs and the board when it comes to equity work. I'm just, I'll put my money on it. And hey, if you need help, you know how to reach me, right? All right. Thank you everyone for commenting. Thank you everybody. I hope I got most folks' comments um, that were about this. Please continue to share this. Um, uh, yes, Emma, parallels between these two structures is very real, you know. Um, uh, Jacobo, yes, ra- uh, yep, racist, oppressive, and general structures push back and have ars- a- an arsenal to whip you in line. Don't they? Ooh, don't they? They do not play. They do not play when it comes to, the, the, comes to like cracking in on that. Ooh, they don't. They do not. And, they, and, they, and you know what? The problem is they got the power to do so. You'll lose your job just like that. You'll lose your position just like that. They'll dissolve the committee they don't want to hear from just like that. You know what I mean? So we got a problem, y'all. We got a real, real problem. And when it takes, when, it, when we got to get back to 1970s style of interrupting meetings and, and, and throwing, throwing flags and screaming out the window to get attention, hey, I guess that's where we at. <laughs> Right. I guess that's where we at. If we got to go back to the go back to the old school ways of, of being heard where we just got to jump in the meetings and just start screaming. I mean, is that what we got to do? Dang. Well, you know, some of us are invested. Some of us aren't. All right. This is 
Like I said, I'm going to check these one more time. Another conversation to be had, not necessarily led by Aisha, is how exactly do we change this culture? Oh, trust. I, I have that. If you don't want it to be led by me, that's fine. But that's literally the conversation I have on almost all of my sessions. I don't do any session without starting from the cultural context of white supremacy culture. Every single session, I start right there. So we have identified the racism, et cetera, on local boards. Absolutely. And uh, it can be led by anyone who is starting there. But I particularly, of course, believe in my method of, of teaching and training in starting with this, this recognizing the culture in which we have to dismantle in order to pick up a new one. Am I right, Yakovo? Am I right? We got to knock it down in order to pick, it, uh, pick up a new one. We can't hold both. You can't hold both. It's not how that works. Um, there's always a pattern to point to. Always, Emma, they make it easy. They make it easy because it's the old thing they always have done. It's, it's like always and forever, right? It's like this is the way we do things. Well, we can just go back and look at how the ways those don't work. But they do work if the, if the idea is to keep the power in place in, which, in the way that it works. It's working perfectly. We talk about that all the time, right? So, um, yes, and recently, yes, uh, you've got my vote. Ha, 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 Emma. You're so nice. I love it. I got, you know what? Yo, I have your back. You got my back. I love it. All right. So let me, uh, let me go ahead and sign out on my audio. Thank you, everyone, for listening on all my podcast platforms. Please look in the show notes to support my podcast uh, through Patreon, and I will see you next time.